Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of The Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast, where we talk about the business of sports with industry executives and entrepreneurs, investors, and all interesting kinds of personalities. I'm Tom Richardson. I do the show every week normally with my partner, Joe Favorito, but this week I'm solo because Joe is on vacation in, I hope it's okay to say this, Tom, Alaska. He's cruising around Alaska right now as we speak. So, um, Joe, we miss you, but I'll try to see if I can do this one alone. Um, I just spent the last few days at the annual Hashtag Sports Conference, Hashtag Sports 2018 here in New York, and without question, the hottest and I would say most provocative topic at this conference the last few days was sports betting. So no better time to be talking to one of the really interesting and well-positioned new players in that marketplace, um, the San Francisco and New York-based Action Sports Network. And we're gonna do that with a very accomplished young executive in the business, Matt Restivo. Thanks for having me on, Tom, I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So. Anyway, some of you listening may know the name, the Action Network, because they've gotten a fair amount of press. You've gotten a fair amount of press the last six months. A little and bit. And your head of media, Chad Millman, spoke at the conference, and he he did a great job, kind of talking about the Action nor- uh, uh, Network kind of position in the marketplace. But for everybody else's ed- edification, let me just actually read the official descriptor of the business. The Action Network is a sports media network delivering premium content and analytics to the invested sports fan. I want to come back to that concept of the invested sports fan, Matt. Um, Also described in the press release as a premium sports analysis and media company that will cater to the $170 billion-plus underserved wagering and fantasy markets. The Action Network acquired now comprises the leading sports data and analysis company Sports Insights, Fantasy Labs, and Sports Action. So the reason why this may be new to a lot of you is this business was just launched this past October, two, October of 2017. So yep. it's a really interesting time to be talking to you and hearing this story. I, I feel very fortunate to be in this moment in time, which we're in right now, which is the you know, part of the hockey stick bend for sports betting. Um, as you mentioned, you know, the $150, $170 billion that's um, you know, allegedly wagered Right. Um, you know, is really just I think coming out of the shadows, mm-hmm. and I think there's there are certainly you know I believe there are a lot of sports fans who are extremely underserved in uh, in just how they could you know not only figure out what to care about, but how can they learn about how to be a better sports better, or how could they just be entertained through the lens of sports betting? So Absolutely. things we think about all. Yeah, the time. Matt. One of the themes, and we'll and we'll, we'll get to this uh, kind of strategy and big picture stuff in a few minutes after we get to know you a little bit more. But one of the big themes associated with the commentary about sports betting this week was um, the importance of mobile, the importance of the applications, the actual like let's call it the last mile of the experience. Like, how will people actually be? Gambling, how how will they be consuming content about gambling, et cetera, et cetera? So I, I neglected to say this a minute ago when I introduced Matt, but we're we're taking a little different tack in this particular discussion. In that this is the first time I believe you're in you're in rarefied uh, company right now with this idea of talking to a, a bona fide chief product officer. So uh, you can explain that better than I can in, in a minute, but I'll just tell everybody listening that this is a relatively new title. I think it's fair to say, and you can comment on that in a second in the business. Um, And the way I can best summarize it, I think, is to say that essentially in the world of digital media, 
uh, ultimately all of the content and the, and the iterations of the content and the, and the extensions of the content end up in applications, digital applications. So mm -hmm. websites, mobile applications, tablet applications, connected TV applications, AR applications, et cetera. Email, podcasts. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Any, all, and, any and all things digital, and those all need to be created. They all need to be managed and iterated and, and strategized, and, and it's a fascinating part of the business, but we've actually never gotten the perspective and the insights from a CPO, which is the new acronym everybody likes to say. So. Which sounds a lot like C3PO. <laughs> exactly. Always makes my um, so we're going to actually uh, focus on that part of the the, the industry. But the, the point I was going to make was that the, the talk about sports betting at the conference ultimately led to the fact that, okay, it's going to be mobile first. Mm -hmm. Mobile will be the platform. And it's going to be about having great applications. So let's leave that as a backdrop to uh, to get us into the conversation in a minute. But tell everybody, Matt, about your background. You know, you've had the privilege of working at uh, really important companies in this business, including ESPN and BAMTech. So, so talk about how it all started and how you got here. Oh, man. So, well, I'm from Long Island, uh, died in the wool Islander fan, uh, and so that, that'll become important eventually. Uh, but I started, you know, I would say I started working 14, 15 years old. My parents kicked me out. They're like, you want to go get some hobbies? Great. You've got to earn some, you got to earn some greenbacks first. Um, and I had a, you know, a variety of jobs until I sort of settled on maybe my junior or senior year of high school working at a cell phone store. So this was in probably 1999, 1998, 2000. So right when cell phones themselves were kind of taking off. Mm -hmm. um, and not only cell phones, but DirecTV was also very popular back then too because DirecTV was, for a short period of time, people remember, the only way you could get Yankee games. Right. Um, and so I was actually a, like a sales rep at a Radio Shack-like store. Um, in my local town, and that was where I sort of like developed, you know, a real affinity for electronics, right? And I, I was into, you know, ripping people's car radios out of their out of their cars and putting new ones in mm -hmm. with cool flashy lights. Um, but you know, that had to come to an end. And I went to college. Um, I, I thought I was wanted to be a math teacher. Both my uh, parents were educators um, on Long Island, of course, and. Uh, I thought I was going to be a math teacher. It was great. And, and I was forced to take one computer or two computer science classes as part of my math major. And what I started to realize was, wow, wait, I don't have to write papers. I can just go and write a bunch of code. This is actually kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And I started to, you know, learn the art and the craft of, of uh, using a different language mm -hmm. um, to create something, whether that was like, you know, tic-tac-toe game or, you know, we, we built all sorts of fun what stuff. What languages were they, were they pushing at that time? Yeah, back, back when I was in school, it was Java. Right. That was kind right. of like, and, and you know, that's obviously evolved um, a ton since I've been mm -hmm. in school, but I think that was my first job coming out right. of college. Right. was, um, you know, I went for an, a job at ESPN to work on Gamecast, wow. uh, which was Flash-based back then, and yeah. I had built my band's website in, in college in Flash. But I didn't get that, but I just per was very, very persistent. Um, and another guy um, by the name of Ted Bishop took a shot on me, brought me on his team, and I, and I came on and helped with partner development. So I was doing web development for ESPN Radio, um, X Games, the ESPN local sites when that became an initiative. And I did that just straight web development, like learned the craft mm -hmm. um, for about three or four years until I realized that product management was really kind of how you – um, became a leader inside of an organization. Um, but I couldn't have done that without 
really like a formal education in computer science. Right. It's really one of the, you know, all kind of happenstance that, that I even got into that and had a great teacher that, that really engaged me in computer right. science. Um, but it was the, one of the biggest decisions of my life. So, so the idea of a, a, a product management, yeah. as opposed to let's just say being a developer or coding, um, you were aware of the fact that that required different skills totally. and kind of um, uh, just basically a different approach to being an executive. Yeah, it's a it's sort of like a mini executive right. is what they is what they say, and it's true because a product manager needs to, you know, not only be empathetic towards the user but understand the needs of every fork of the business or every vertical of the business. It's the product manager's job to interface with biz develop, business development, with marketing, um, with you know uh, the CEO at times. Like there, there's there's sort of like a you know a lot of high level knowledge and understanding of how to drive a team towards a specific goal mm -hmm. is sort of like the what's in the product manager's wheelhouse, depending on what they're working on. Right. Yeah. And, and so when when were you when did you make that transition? Like what was the what was the cue for you to do that? Yeah, that's a good. So that this was another moment where um, we had just had someone leave at ESPN, and there was a sort of like a, a gap. There was, and they say, you know, as you work your way into to big companies. You know, a good way of, of solidifying something for yourself is to go in and fill white space. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, I was given a great opportunity to run ESPN's um, quote-unquote notifications. So all the, the means by which we touched consumers, whether that was, and it was primarily the apps, iOS apps, Android apps, Windows phone apps, across all of those uh, platforms, I built a messaging, um, a messaging platform with an incredible team but I, you know, I was responsible for answering to you know, the head of product at ESPN, right. um, you know, fellow by who I know you know very well, John Kozner. Mm -hmm. right? This was in John Kozner's organization, um, and I was. It was also sort of like the liaise between the people who are actually responsible for telling you what the news was, and getting that into the hands of the consumer. Right. Okay. So that's and and but it sounds as though you took to it well, and you succeeded. I loved product. I mean, right. a, a few years after that, the National Hockey League came calling and said, do you want to run all of our products? And I said, absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge hockey fan. I think it's, you know, one of the last great sports. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, was there for about 18 months, drove a bunch of innovation until the National Hockey League decided to sell off their rights um, okay. to build. Okay, I didn't realize that's how you found, got your way into BAM. Yeah, that's right. exactly. So that's right. how I made my way into BAM and BAM Tech was, you know, uh, we did that deal and you know you, you kind of look around at the NHL, and there's there's not really much to do here. There's not much going on, um, and all of the great innovation, the great you know the fun. Right. I mean, all all you watched as a you know someone in the sports media business for you know seven eight years was, bam, get up on stage at these Apple keynotes and present what new great feature they were mm -hmm. launching in at bat. One of Apple's favorites, probably the, the f most favorite company in the sports business. I think it's years. probably the highest revenue generating yeah. app probably I ever. I think it still is, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and you know, they were first to iPad, they were first to in app purchase right. on iPhone, they were first to do video right. on the phone. Um, and so it was a really you know, this was a now you can imagine, put yourself in my shoes in, in this was probably the summer of two thousand fifteen, you know, it's not easy to, to just jump into a new company, right? You, you don't know any of the players, you don't know how it all works, and, and BAM was you know, 800, 900 right. people at that point. Um, so you know, the only way that I was gonna survive there was by working as hard so as I possible. So they moved you guys could. from Midtown, from the NHL office down to Chelsea? Yep, yeah. yep, okay. we moved me, myself, and about 20 other people. Okay. Yeah. Wow, all right. 
So then you did that for a few years. Did that for a few years. Um, went through a successful acquisition, I guess mm -hmm. you could say. Um, mm -hmm. Bam Tech was acquired by Disney um, in two tranches. One, they bought a, a quarter of the company, and then they, you know, quickly a year later, uh, bought the whole company. And at that point, you know, I was kind of back to working on ESPN. I, uh, I shift my, my role shifted from sort of like a pure product um, purview into sort of like a GM's role. So I was handed like what, what we call in the business a P&L. So a, basically a piece of paper that shows you the money that's coming in and the money that's going out. It's probably the simplest way to describe it. Um, and you know that was incredible experience. I got to build the business plan for ESPN Plus. I got to sit in the strategic meetings where we would talk about how we would price and what would what would we do with our marketing budget and how are we going to be successful ultimately with these rights that we had acquired over the years at BAMTech. You know, that, that, that was incredibly great. I mean, that was incredibly fun until you know, I started to sniff around the Action Network and, and, and realized that they were, you know, getting serious. Like last October 2017, acquired three companies. Um, you know, they were looking to build out an executive team. Had a few phone calls with Mike Kearns, a few in-persons. Uh, Mike Kearns of the Churning Group. And, and you must have known Chad from ESPN. And I knew Chad from, yeah. well, well, Chad and I, it's funny, it's so big, ESPN, 5,000 right. people. And despite spending time in Bristol, I actually never really crossed over with okay. Chad, although I always knew his name, um, obviously, because he's, you know, he was an on-air personality. Right. And, and he was always, it always stuck out in my head that he was the one, sort of call it progressive, that was really saying, hey, like, we've got to move gambling to the front lines. We've got to move gambling to the front lines. But... Ironically, here we are moving gambling to the front right. lines in a completely separate app. So before we delve into to what you you guys are up to at the Action Network, it's it's interesting to think that your career journey parallels some incredibly dramatic changes in the world of media and digital media and social media. So, starting out in the early two thousands, pre social, pre mobile. I mean, pre legit mobile right. in terms of smartphones. Right. Uh, you didn't have that as part of your responsibility because no one did. They no. didn't exist. And then suddenly, 2004, you know, Facebook, YouTube, next year, Twitter, et cetera. And then, of course, the launch of the smartphone industry with iPhone in 2007. Yeah. So what, what did you learn along the way vis-a-vis -vis those changes that you had to live through and respond to? I don't know if you were there when ESPN tried the, the, the phone. phone. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. You know, people use those as, the, uh, as their knocker for their door, for their <laughs> office door. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, Do you have any extras? I'd love to be a good <laughs> conversation piece. I, I think they're worth a lot of money now. No, yeah. I mean, uh, but were you there when that happened? I was not. I, oh, was, okay. I think the MVPD what? was like late. I, I want to say it was like 2006, 2005, 2006. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, just before I got yeah. there, colossal failure for yeah. those who, mm -hmm. who don't know. Um, and I mean, as it was for Facebook, really. Yes. Facebook tried to launch yeah. a phone, and that was not, you know, right. that was not successful either. Um, and look, it's a good question. How? how I think. You, you know, I've been fortunate to some extent to always um, be able to play with the newest toy, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have Google Home, I have Alexa, I have the Alexa Dot um, in my apartment right now. Um, and I think it's just always important to be um, seeking out and checking in on new technology. Mm -hmm. um, and, and at that point, you start to notice, I think, you know, maybe this is a tech tech person's point of view, but when you start to notice when something prop pops up, right? Because you see the same network of people that are joining these products very early on, right? So you join, um, 
I can't think of a good example off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. you know, some 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 new messaging app launches, right? right. Snapchat launches, yeah. and, and it says sync your contact book, and then it's the same ten people every time. Right, the early adopters. The early right. adopters. Right. So it's good to be friends with some of those people yeah. mm-hmm. um, because you just never know when someone's going to send you a message someday and say, "Hey, did you see this?" Right. Um, so I think it's as much. I think a lot of it is about you know just having curiosity, and and really putting the effort in to seek it out. Yeah, so you also, part of that, of course, was the, the introduction of APIs at scale. Which mm-hmm. I guess that's one way to describe it, right? Explain that to everybody. Because as I like to joke, when I was at the NHL back in the late 90s, and I just joked about this recently with an old colleague, for digital, all we really had to worry about was our website. Right, right. <laughs> life was Which I've simple. seen the screenshots. Yeah, exactly. But life was simple, and just became so, and this will be a good segue into our discussion, become so expansive uh, and interconnected. And along the way, this idea of coordinating technically yeah. from a software standpoint with all different kinds of related apps, whether it's travel apps or, or, uh, or social media apps, et cetera, became kind of an industry standard. Mm-hmm. And that, in, in certain cases, or in many cases, actually seems to have determined or been a determining factor in the success or, mm-hmm. or lack thereof I mean, some of these applications. So t- talk about that, that idea of the API. So an API is basically an application programming interface, and it's a way for applications to effectively communicate with, say, you know, a database, right? Somewhere where we would store user information. So rather than building a piece of code, you know, disparately each time you build an app for a platform, um, you just have sort of all these apps and all these products communicate through one channel. So effectively, you have build it once and use it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. And give some examples of APIs that people are using every day they don't even realize. Because it's, it's a really big part of the digital It's huge, yeah. I mean, ecosystem. I think, you know, every time that you tap connect with Facebook in, in some app, you know, that's what we call an OAuth connection. But you're effectively doing a round trip from Facebook and back to the product to say, hey, I'm authorizing this application right. to, to access my data, right. which is effectively happening through an API. That right. you're, you're granting um, whatever application that was access to your Facebook data or your Twitter data or your Google data uh, through an API that you, you never really see or know about. It just, it, it sort of it works like magic to you, right. where all of a sudden, oh yes, now they have my picture, they know what I'm interested in, so on and so right. forth. And, and sometimes we'll notice that they'll ask for permission or even a TOS that they put up before you. Um, you know, would, can, can this app access your, con- your contacts, right. right? Stuff like right. that. Yes, And exactly. I don't think most people even think about what they're agreeing to. Right. This is a whole other line of conversation, which maybe we won't get into. Yeah. But it does involve the access to heretofore protected data for an individual. And this is what GDPR is trying to tackle, right? Okay, That's so explain that now. Yeah, so... We're so, having good acronyms yeah, this today. <laughs> the acronym show. So, so GDPR is effectively, I guess it's legislation yeah. that was launched in, uh, in England, in the UK, um, that really requires... Uh, you to very explicitly disclose to your consumers what data you're using and what you'll be doing with that data. Mm-hmm. We are certainly, if you've done any searching for any Amazon good or you know shirt from some company that you that you like, you you've, I'm sure you've seen that follow you around on the internet. You know that is because we are in in the states we are not as keenly aware as to what companies are doing with their right. data. And it's allowed sort of, I wouldn't say abuse, I mean, because 
if I am looking at something, you know, that, that is a pretty good indication that I might want it. Right. Um, but, you know, we certainly could be more forthcoming. And it looks US, like the industry U.S. publishers, U.S. digital media companies have to conform. Have or, to. Yeah. That's so, right, yeah. So that's, I mean, I'm sure everybody's noticed um, a, a dramatic increase and we updated our ter yeah, terms of service. Yeah, with the X policy, yep. opt, opt out, yep. and you know we use cookies. Please, you yes, know, yep. agree. Yep. Uh, it's really quite a, been quite noticeable the last couple months, so spring has. of 2018. Yes, um, and but but to be clear, this is a European-based mm -hmm. uh, initiative or requirement. But to the extent you want to be good and legal citizens of the digital community, you have to abide by that now, right? That's sort of where the industry's going. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. So ignore at your own peril? Ignore at your own peril, yeah. yeah. And it's it's risky, too. Yeah, no, it came up during the conference. I forget in which particular panel, but it um, just seems like it's an issue that everybody is coming to terms with Thousands one way or another. Of dollar, thousands of dollars per infraction. It will, we'll, oh, is that, we'll is that right? It, yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it a, we'll bring it top of mind. Okay, so before we get de delve into action, one more quick follow-up yeah. on, on the um, API. So what did you what did you conclude after the ESPN, NHL, BAMTech experience vis-a-vis -vis the, the the platform extensions over the last let's say ten years? What did you conclude as to what's what's working? Like what's making good apps? What is that about? Yeah, wow, that's a good. That's a great question. Because um, obviously you need to be thinking about that at right now because of your new job all day every day because you guys ultimately end up in a with a user experience user interface in the form of, of applications across platforms so you got to figure this out yep yep well um, there is certainly a framework that a lot of people abide by in digital uh, I'll call it digital or tech which is the jobs to be done framework and that is you know that's effectively people hire tools to uh, to accomplish a job for them. So you don't just use a spreadsheet. You're hiring a spreadsheet to organize something, mm -hmm. right? And I think in, in my world, you know, we're attempting to, you know, engage and entertain fans who want to look at sports through the lens of betting. Um, what does it take to make a good app? I think it takes uh, obsession. It takes um, curiosity. It takes always looking at what's coming out, what's new, what's interesting. It takes playfulness. It takes user delight. It mm -hmm. takes, um, you know, no sessions of users crashing, you know, limiting that right. as much as you possibly can. Um, because you know, let's be fair, like, there are apps out there that people spend 20 minutes, 60 minutes a day in, right, that are um, that have pretty well tuned the psychology of why you're coming back, right? A, a a, you know, LinkedIn's a great example of an app that has a you know never-ending loop, mm -hmm. which is you know I connect with someone, they connect with me back, I get a message about it, they uh, endorse me for a particular skill, that sends me a message, I come back and endorse them, and then I'm asked to endorse someone else, right? So there's a lot going on there that you might not necessarily think is is sort of like built for you, but that's a user journey that mm -hmm. someone is designing. Mm -hmm. Uh, in on a whiteboard in a right. conference room, right. probably in Silicon Valley, um, but I, I would just say, you know, for for me, I want users to have a fantastic experience, a delightful experience, because 
it is a honor to me that you're going to be spending two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight minutes with, with, you know, my product on your screen. Right. The phone is, you know, there's been many studies have done, but the, the general conclusion is we're closer to our phone than anything else, mm -hmm. than our significant other. A lot of us are on it more than we, we talk to people. Um, and so, you know, I, I think I use all these words that sound kind of cheesy, like, you know, curiosity and ferocity and all this other stuff, but um, it's, it's really, it, it's an obsession. Yeah, it just seems like, I, I guess one way to say it is to, to use another, a couple more acronyms, you know, building the best possible UI, mm -hmm. UX, mm -hmm. uh, and, and growth hacking it and just working at it. And I always say to my class when we talk about digital media applications, is you ever wonder why the really successful popular apps are issuing updates on a seemingly weekly or more yeah. than weekly basis? Yeah. Because they've got people optimizing and responding to the changes from Apple and Google and things like that. Yeah. And if you ever wonder why crappy apps don't do that, they're not doing that. And listening to feedback. Oh, what's well, I mean? So, yeah. so there, and there's all different ways of doing that, including, you know, having a, a you know a huge trove of usage data, mm -hmm. which can be analyzed to an incredibly high degree. I, sh I assume that was the case at ESPN, for example, because it's so it's so big. Uh, but the idea that, to the extent you're willing to jump into the fray from an analytics and a, a, a data analysis standpoint, you can respond to usage data, right? You, excuse me, user data. Yep. Um, to actually uh, build a better mousetrap or to, to improve upon specific features or eliminate specific features and or things like that. And that's what the best apps do. Well, right? The best apps collect signals. The best apps are Netflix where they're collecting information about what you are interested in watching. By the way, that, you know Netflix knows just as well what you start watching and don't watch. Mm -hmm. And based on what you continue to watch over and over, right. they know... Um, you know what you want. They know when you watch it. Uh, they know the genres you watch it, and all of that goes into a machine learning algorithm to, right. to better entertain you by providing you recommendations. Right, but I guess in, in effect, of course, uh, that's kind of best practices in the industry right yeah. now. But as you think about your new role at the Action Network, where these digital applications are arguably some of the most important initiatives Very important the company place. has. Yep. Um, talk about how you're thinking of that vis-a-vis -a, -vis a world of multiple platforms now extending obviously beyond uh, mobile into, of course, well, tablet is related, uh, but connected TV, OTT, potentially using AI or AR, maybe VR at some point, voice. Yeah, all things we think. I mean, we have an incredible team of, of data scientists that work on figuring out how to get an edge over a sports book and that's an incredibly challenging problem how do you beat the you know how do you beat the line right um, but if you have enough historical data and smart people you can figure it out and I think that's why we have such a successful business so far I mean you know for us strategically I, I look at what we're building from a product perspective um, you know Chad Millman has his team that will do media and help educate our our fans or sports such fans, such as the new ESPN show, right? Such as yeah. the new ESPN show, yeah, launched on ESPN Plus called "I'll Take That Bet." Is it actually out already? Yep, okay, yep, cool. it's out. Um, it's live. Check it out. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we but we we will show up on many different surfaces, right? Email, podcasts, um, like like every you know, we'll show up on social, uh, and but but the core user, 
the, the center of the eyeball, the pupil, is the users who are in the app. And when I think about, you know, the website's great too, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's certainly important to us, but it's not as important as mobile. Like right. mobile is, is the, center, the epicenter. Um, and certainly we want to do voice and OTT and things like that, but you know, we want to. Right. Um, we'll hopefully get there. Um, but I think you know, for now we are hyper-focused on creating a fantastic, fun, playful, entertaining user experience that can help people make smarter bets, um, help sort of, a lot of what we talk about is sort of the frogger that people are playing. Now this is getting very deep into sort of like existing, uh, it, you know, existing user behavior patterns that we're observing, but you know, a lot of people are going out and making a bet, either with a sports book or with their local bookie, and then they're sort of hopping back and forth, right? Froggering between some sports app out there and either a website or a napkin where they wrote their bets down. And what we're, you know, one of the main things we're trying to solve is give you a great interface for tracking your bet. Right. Now you can come in into the Action Network app now track your bets, log your bets, track your bets. You can see what you've won, what you've lost. You can do analysis on it. Um, but I, what I'm concerned about is, or what I'm trying to make better is in the moment, right? So how can we show you a personalized win probability of your bet so that when you're watching the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl and it's, the, and it's the second quarter right before the Patriots score that touchdown, uh, I think they had like a 28-3 to lead, the Falcons did. What was your likelihood of winning that bet on the Falcons right there? Like, I'm sure it was like 98%. Like, right. we, we've looked at this model. We've messed with it. Um, but providing, I think, that sort of personalization is, is a big focus for us. And I think even taking that up one layer further, which I probably should talk about this first, is strategically, I think we are trying to, from a product utility perspective, we're trying to give you a concise, consumable way uh, for you to understand what you should care about in the betting universe today. Mm -hmm. And so we call it, what's the, what's the top action? What's my need to know? Now you can get that from a daily email, you can get that in the product, you can get that on a podcast, you can get that from I'll Take That Bet. But what's the top action? Then what's my action? When I make my bets or before I make my bets, as I'm thinking about making my bets, how can we better inform you if that's a good bet or not? Right? We have some software around that, we certainly have some content around that. Um, we hired Paul LaDuca, the Mets right. catcher, mm -hmm. um, he has some really good takes on on you know betting over unders and why you should you know bet on those, uh, and so that's sort of my action. How do we make that fun, playful, and shareable? That's another thing because if you're trying to scale a business, we think a lot about brand and we think a lot about sharing. Um, and then the third is really, you know, what's the community action? You know, what are my friends doing as opposed to exchanging a text message with a friend that's like, hey man, I like the Jets tonight. Uh, you, you know how, how can I well <laughs> hopefully hopefully that's funny because I don't sorry no, it's, a, that it's a safe it's, yeah. it's a safe one yeah yeah Mets Jets Islanders there's, I don't know why I like sports um, there's there's sort of uh, you know how do you understand what your friends are doing and then what's the community doing the community at large like Chad Millman where's his action right. um, you know, we have we've actually we hired a guy named Blackjack Fletcher who came from he he's unbelievable story he was a lawyer in florida decided you know screw it i'm getting out of this game M moved to new york uh did the barstool intern contest and then started making picks and he's really turns out he's really good at making picks and he came on board and he's got eighty thousand followers on social uh so it's a really cool story of just like an organic personality growing 
Um, and now he's a personality. And now he's a yeah. personality. Wow. Yeah, that is a good story. Yeah. So, so it's it's that's that's kind of our three pillar strategy. Right. And, and but but to accomplish that, you getting back to this API idea, you you'd like me because I think about how I used my daily fantasy app a few years ago at FanDuel. Yeah. Right. With through APIs, yep. I'm bringing in for data. So if I want to replicate or create an experience that you just described, your the app, my action network app, customized experience will have to have my betting information coming from the functional betting company, right? That's that's the vision. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I sign up for, I don't know who has one out there, Monmouth Park or William right. Hill. Let's or assume that they MGM, have. MGM, right. I don't think any of these so books I, I are set up. So I become their customer, yes. but for day-to-day -day monitoring for those three pillars, and I want my community and the, yeah. and, and, and the take of the leaders and things like that, I want you. Right. So I need to get that information in to right. make my experience on your app and be that, good. That and that's through an API. That's exactly right. Okay. That's exactly right. Good. Okay. Um, so it's, so and we have a real real time example of API. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, I mean, and I think that's you know, the reality of the landscape of the business is right now is it's so new. I mean, right. like, it's so new. Right. Like we've been thinking about it for a long time, but we're six, seven weeks in. Um, none of these players like Monmouth Park or. Uh, these places that have opened up in Delaware and now right. I think Rhode Island just opened one. Yeah. They're not mature from a technology pers right. perspective. And we're sort of making the bet on ourselves that we can make the best mobile experience um, and that, you know, people aren't going to want to consume news and information and takes and software from a book. Right? See, that's a really interesting point because that's what I was, that's what I was thinking. Like, could, could, and I, I throw this out there just as the way to frame it. Would a functional bookmaker or betting business be better at building out a content team or would a good content team be better at pulling in the factual binary data of your bets? And I think you know the answer. I mean, it's hard it's to make content work as a bolt-on. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And so no, but, but so, so, that, so back to that point, uh, just, I just want to um, be really clear about this. Yeah. So... Those let's say you get those APIs in place. I, you know, many of us uh, would be betters get our apps. So we we have the actual kind of home base for the commerce aspect of the betting, yeah. but for the information and the integration, I'm using let's say Action Network, and then you are going to offer a freemium. Version. Yeah, so, so we have a yeah, yeah yeah. So we have a we have a subscription product today that's in market. We have several actually, um, sort of like our. If you think of us like Bloomberg, like mm -hmm. people consume sure. Bloomberg news, and then you've got traders who use the Bloomberg terminal who right. want you know, sort of the dashboard view, that extra screen with all the stocks ticking and all the news right. coming in in real time. We have that, which is called Sports Insights, and that's a product that's about 250 bucks a month. So that's used by real serious sports okay. gamblers who know exactly how to activate an edge and you know, bet it in several sports books in near real time. Would that be an upsell in the app? That's in, That will... Conceivably, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We'll get. I mean, we're still in the middle of yeah. you know, like aggregating all of these businesses, but um, you know, that's certainly how we think about it. Mm -hmm. um, is becoming the Bloomberg. So you look at the different assets and decide which ones would go beyond the paywall. Yes, like how. And we have a low cost subscription too, which is our Action Network Pro subscription, okay. which is really kind of what we're leaning into strategically. Um, and and frankly, I think it's the best experience. You know, this is something that we, you know, that we built at BAM. Um, was a really, really large user base of subscribers who were paying $20 a year for MLB Premium. Right. And what that, it, what that is is a premium experience, right? And right. that's what we're effectively offering um, in the Action Network app. You can download it today on the iTunes Store if you search Action Network app. 
um, you'll find it very easy to search on Google. Uh, and you know, the first thing you're presented is, you know, track your bets for free, um, you know, follow famous folks. Um, but, and then, you know, that's, that's sort of the free value proposition. And then you're also uh, displayed uh, if you want to track parlays, teasers, if you want even more in-depth premium articles and insights, right. subscribe for, um, you know, it's $9.99 a month. I meant to ask, is this also going to include data for fantasy players? So it's, it's interesting. We have a, a sort of like one of our products in our portfolio is called Fantasy Labs, um, and that is sort of like our fantasy offering. Um, really, really comprehensive offering for DFS players, mm -hmm. um, but it's just as useful for, frankly, for sports betting and for um, season-long fantasy. It's just a matter of how we tease apart these products to position them mm -hmm. um, to a little bit broader audience. Right. Okay. But but is it possible again with within an API framework that I, as a FanDuel player, could get at some point soon the Action Network app, and it might not be an active. Uh, sports better per se, but I'm an active FanDuel DFS player, and I could essentially have the same kind of experience. Yeah, you can you can use fantasy pillars for that now. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. well, similarly, yes. yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I know yeah. it's not going to be exactly the same. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So in other words, when you call, talk about the invested sports fan, the invested sports fan, I mean their wallet, Tundra, their right? wallet is okay. invested. So p some people are literally invested, and some people are, let's say, mentally invested. Yeah. As family <laughs> fantasy players sometimes can be. The passion's um, there either way, generally, but a little more passionate when it comes to yeah. So what? So when will this this um, utopia of a sports betting app be available to us? So right now you can get the Action Network app. Right. It has um, you know we just recently updated. We did okay. a big, huge update right. last week um, to introduce what we call the Today View, which mm -hmm. really is uh, it's all the things that I talked about um, that right. three pillar strategy into one quick, easy, consumable view that you can visit multiple times per day. And you can use it pre-game to get some information about what mm -hmm. you should bet. You can use it in-game to see how your bets are tracking, and then, uh, you know, post-game you can find something if you want to keep chasing and try right. to get some, you know, keep betting. Um, but uh, yeah, so our products are live. I think you know what we're doing throughout the summer is just improving that product, mm -hmm. making it more social, making it more fun, making right. it more playful. Um, sort of all of those. Uh, all those things that we focus on constantly. All right, one last question yep. before I ask. I want to ask one uh, something about Barstool, your your sister company. Um, are people w when you when you uh, surmise that certain features or elements of an app are going to be good or popular or productive? How are you vetting that? How are you doing? I mean, there's the user testing of the technology, yeah, and then there's kind of like the more uh, more general kind of user interface reaction let's say mm -hmm. how do you how do you do that I think when you're a small startup you know it's, it's hard right like right. so if you if you have lots of resources if you're a Facebook you've got an entire team dedicated to user exactly. experience exactly. right you've yeah, got people right. who are sitting in in rooms and there's glass windows and right. watch <laughs> the show Silicon Valley it's pretty accurate yeah, yeah. Um, but when you're a startup the stallions. Uh, yeah the stallions <laughs> the uh, <laughs> we we um, you know, it's a lot of industry expertise. It's a lot of, um, 
you know, we come up with a thesis and we try to build out a product around that. I mean, yeah. the, the three pillar strategy was totally a thesis. Yeah. And, and we said, you know, what's the right way to achieve okay. these goals for someone? Um, but a lot of it is, you know, showing bills to friends, showing bills to people in bars, mm -hmm. you know, peering over someone's shoulder in a bar and saying, Getting and watching them look at the ESPN app and then yeah. saying, do me a favor, download this app and tell yeah. me what you think. And then watching them go through those steps so that, like that is you know super educational for anyone who's a product manager is just to understand to see it happen in real time uh, because you just never know right. exactly you know how someone's going to interact with a user you know, with a UI right um, until you see it happen sure all right so we're gonna wrap up with our two last questions Matt uh, first is how do you stay smart you got to keep up both on the business front as it relates to sports media and sports betting but also in this particular case on the sports, excuse me, the technology front and the application and development front. Yeah, so th things, things that I keep, that I read, um, there is, there's obviously Ben Thompson and his newsletter and it's free once a week and his podcast. Um, that's a must for the technology sector. I think Redef is a must for the sports sector. That's a great um, daily email yeah, summary. Yeah. Um, the, there is, uh, uh, who's the guy who does it for who, who um, for Andreessen Horowitz now? Who does the oh, tech? Oh, Ben. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, ABC. Uh, oh, Fred ABC Wilson. Fred I read Wilson. Fred Wilson every day. Yeah. Yep. Fred Wilson's a good blog post to subscribe to for sure. He uh, Horowitz. Yeah. So yeah. Andreessen Horowitz has. Right. Um, oh man, it's killing me who, who this guy is. But yeah, no, it, yeah, that's exactly. a that's a must have for. It, it'll come to me. Um, but yeah, that's that's. I mean, staying smart in your inbox is important. Staying smart in your podcasts. Uh, Benedict Evans. That's yes, the Benedict that's Evans, the that's right. the newsletter. Um, yeah, and then and then listening to podcasts. Um, you know, I, I certainly tend to listen to all of the Sports Illustrated Media podcasts. I listen to Recode Media with Peter Kafka. Mm -hmm. um, I listen to Sports Media with Richard Deitch, um, and then just you know obviously Tim Ferriss. But I mean, I think the uh, world's fastest growing media podcast. Uh, I think probably the most underappreciated is and we were talking about this earlier but it's just like you know I call it eat your vegetables which mm -hmm. is you know stay do your best to stay in shape because it not only helps your body it helps your mind mm -hmm. um, and you know eat healthy and sleep eight hours a day those right. are the three things no okay, doctor would ever argue <laughs> with <laughs> that's good uh, you're right I mean there's got to be just a fundamental level fundamentals of physical health and and well-being mental well-being to keep I mean, your mental acuity good yeah. yeah yeah okay so the second question is um uh do you have any advice for people listening about careers and career development especially younger people yeah yeah students students well not just students but people like making their way so in their 20s you know someone told me once you don't ever want your first job to be your dream job and i think that's true I really do think that's true. I mean, I think you don't want to peak too early. The, the first, <laughs> the first time that you try anything, you're not going to be very good at it. There's always going to be something that's going to catch you by surprise, um, and so I think I think that's why that advice is given out. But what you really want to do is, you know, gather a skill set, learn a skill set, learn it deeply. Um, you know, try not to be a jack of all trades and try to go deep in particular topics and make yourself a more valuable asset to a, a potential company. Um, and then I would say, like, you know, certainly networking is a really critical piece of, of certain folks' career. Mm -hmm. and I would say if you're, you're going down that path, that leadership path, um, you know, when you go to a conference, when you go um, 
to a, a meeting or a talk, try and just make one connection with one person that will last you for years. And that can be trading an email every six months. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, don't don't be the person that goes to a meetup and hands out your business card to 16 people because you're just you're just never going to make a meaningful connection with all 16 people. You know, you, you'll have to run around handing your card multiple cards out at the right. same time. Um, and so I think that's I think that's incredibly important. Is just um, quality over quantity. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's actually really good. All right, so um, actually really good too. Did you think I wasn't <laughs> going to give you something good? <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Um, so how do we? How does everybody find find uh, the Action Network? What should our audience do to check you out? Yeah, well, um, I mean the company and Matt Restivo. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to follow Matt Restivo, I don't know if I'm the most exciting uh, Twitter follow, but you know it's a lot of frustrated uh, Mets talk. Okay. Um, well, that, no, there, there's I, an audience for that. <laughs> I do a, growing, a growing audience, I might add. <laughs> yeah, growing audience. I do. Um, I do tweet about things in the industry, things I find interesting in sports media. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's I, at M Restivo. It's it's uh, Matt Restivo. Matt Restivo, uh, Matt Restivo okay. on Twitter. Yeah. And I would say that another piece that's important for keeping up too, just going back to one yeah. of your two questions, mm -hmm. sticking to your. You're book. allowed to do that. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> did I break the format? But right. is. Um, Twitter. Twitter is yeah. an incredibly powerful tool, um, and I think if you spend, you know, not literally a day. I mean, I used to spend a day curating my iTunes library. So you know what? Yeah. Spend a day <laughs> and create really good. I've been known to do that. Cre yeah. Create really good lists. Like create really focused lists that you can that um, that you can put all the important influencers and people into buckets. And then you can follow those topics, um, and it's just going to make you smarter every single yeah, day. Yeah, I call it. I call it. A, this has been a really big topic on this podcast because so many people have answered with Twitter as their first response, and I, I call it um, a high protein feed. Yeah, it so is. Just if someone's not giving you protein, then don't follow them. Yeah, it's that yeah. simple. But if you can curate well, uh, and this is this has been, as I said, the answer from a lot of the smartest people we've talked to. It's, yeah. There's no better way of staying smart. Yeah, I, I'll give you a hint. It's not spending an hour a day on Instagram, no, right? Like I, that is not going to make you smarter. Yeah. That no, is, Instagram is fun. There's a place for it. There's a place uh, for it. But uh, you know, some of us have chosen to use social um, largely, or in my case, almost exclusively for professional purposes and yeah. just kind of intellectual purposes, not just social media purposes. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. And I think for Twitter, um, to your point, is that if there are companies that interest you, if there are analysts that interest you, yep. if there are competitors that interest you, yep. let them feed you their stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so you can follow Matt Receiver on Twitter for little nuggets like right. that, I guess. Sure. Um, but please, above all, above all else, um, you know, download the Action Network app. Check it out. Send us feedback. Follow us on social. Subscribe to our uh, our daily newsletter. You can get all of this um, in the iTunes Store, searching Action Network or ActionNetwork.com. Um, to check out all this, all yeah, this good and, stuff. And do you want to mention something about your hiring? You never know. We are we are hiring. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Is yeah. there any? Is there a call to action? Is you there can, a call you to can action? Announce on this podcast. I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, didn't think mean, I didn't mean to spring that. I on guess you, but it's, you, it's, you it's so funny. Things. I don't even know what our what our how we ingest this stuff. I mean, we are set up on AngelList, but even that's probably not. The I mean, best. Do, you, do you have an application process on your website? You're using like a SaaS uh, recruiting thing or something. I don't know if our stuff's that well right, together. Whatever, but but well, either I mean, way, I think you can I think reach out to you on Twitter. Maybe. Reach out to me on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Reach out to me so on Twitter. So generally speaking, you're, what positions are you looking for right now, just to be clear? You know, I, I it's funny. Um, 
the first thing we look for is just hunger. Yeah, hunger and an interest in the space. Right. And we are like a lean enough company where there is plenty to do. Right. Um, and so we will take we will take someone who has a really good vision and a really good you know just hunger. Right. Um, but on to be but clear but to for be, everybody but listening on both the tech side, meaning like the yeah. dev software side, but also some business functions. Yeah, some business yeah, functions. Okay. Like we're 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 um, you know certainly from a talent perspective, we're always out there looking for people who are. Um, who have a unique perspective on sports. Right. Um, so if that interests you, if sports media has always interested you and writing interests you, like definitely reach out. Um, and yeah, we can never get enough engineers in the company, engineers, exactly. designers. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, please feel free to reach out directly to me on Twitter. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Well, that's good. Hopefully that's a little bonus for everybody listening who's interested in uh, <laughs> the world of sports betting and, and this really hot new company, the Action Network. So we've been listening to Matt Restivo, who's the Chief Product Officer of Action Network, part of the Churning Group and sister to Barstool Sports, and um, got a really interesting perspective on where this is going from a pro uh, from a tech and product standpoint and kind of a brand a positioning standpoint. So thank you, really thank appreciate you. it. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, and I, I urge everybody to follow up on the suggestions that uh, that Matt made, uh, and keep an eye on this company. There's going to be a lot of interesting things ahead, and they'll, they'll be one of the uh, tastemakers. It seems like in the world of sports betting, so it's going to be fun to watch. All right, well, that was good. Joe, sorry you missed this one. Uh, but I the good news about our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think it's all day where Joe yeah. is right now. Daytime uh, all the he, time. He's been having serious FOMO all week, I know, because <laughs> he, was, he was actually tweeting from Alaska during the Hashtag Sports Conference, and I suggested maybe he not do that. But, but, but he can't. I mean, that's, that's cool. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll see everybody next time on The Cusp Show. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.